Many animals have amazing abilities that make them especially formidable and ferocious. But few are so terrible and mighty that they could be classified as a natural disaster. No, we're not talking about a giant nuclear lizard. We're talking about an insect so ravenous in disposition and so immense in numbers that it strikes fear into the hearts of those in its path. The desert locust is proof that the balance of nature can shift with the wind. A breeze can be a welcome respite from the blazing sun, but it may also carry disaster in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today we're talking about a deadly insect that's carried on the winds of change. But more on that later. Wait, wait, do you hear that? It's the winds of change. What's that from? That's what Randall says to Mike Wazowski. You hear that? You hear the winds of change? Uh, but yeah, what we're talking about today, the desert locust. That's what I'm supposed to say. You're stealing all of my thunder. You can say it. Hey, guess what, guys? We're, you'll never guess what animal we're doing. It's the desert locust. <laughs> it feels good. But it's a, it's, a, it's a rare instance of us covering something kind of topical, and we'll talk about that later. It is kind of topical, if I, if I read you correctly. We don't compare notes before we do this show. We just kind of do research and 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 have fun with it. Uh, so I'll be surprised. But we're gonna call it here, not the desert locust. That's so bland. Unless you put a little bit of honey on it. We're gonna call it the mass muncher. And speaking of honey, Honest John's holy honey snacks. Because <laughs> John the Baptist ate locusts and honey in the wilderness. That's a joke for the Bible scholar. We're going to have more Bible scholarly things in a bit. Yeah, this is a very biblical biblical bug. <laughs> ah, that's another one. The biblical bug. Nice. Biblical bug, mass muncher, and Honest John's holy honey snacks. We have to we have to science this. We have to, no, we science, have to science this little bug. Or maybe not that little, actually. So it's in a kingdom you know, love, and are in, and that kingdom is Animalia. The phylum is Arthropoda. The class is Insecta. And the order is Orth- Orthoptera. Orthoptera. Uh, the suborder is Califera, which sounds like the Greek word for good morning, which is Kalimera. Kalima, Shakti Day. We can edit that out because we don't allow profanity on the show. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it's uh, what the weird shaman guy says when he's in Indiana Jones 2. What, Temple of Doom, whichever one that There's was. There's no way you can get me to memorize a single line. Well, okay, I memorized a couple lines from Indiana Jones 2, but that definitely not the shaman spells. The only line I remember is, Okie dokie, Dr. Jones. <laughs> and everything goes. Uh, the family is Acrididae. Uh, the subfamily is, oh, here we go. Oh, man, I should have practiced these. I usually do, but I didn't get around to it. Certacanthacrinidae. Certacanthacrinidae. This is one of the longest ones we've words we've had. Uh, the tribe is Certicanthacrinidae? Cridini. No, yeah. Certicanthacridini. Yeah. And the, uh, the genus is, uh, 
Schistocerca. Schistocerca, and the species is Gregaria. So the binomial nomenclature is Schistocerca Gregaria. I apologize for everyone listening for just that abysmal pronunciation. <laughs> but since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for Cue the Music, my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and the question is saying every time, what is the name of a group of this animal, uh, which is extremely pertinent to locusts, um, and, uh, or what is the term of venery, or what is the collective noun? Now, I know you know what the collective noun for the locust are, but uh, locust is, but there is there, there are some other ones. So we're gonna it's gonna be uh, the, the it's gonna be the B squad for collective nouns. Uh, so if you saw um, a group of locusts um, after trembling in mortal fear uh, and uh, hiding your crops, would you say that's a a cloud of locusts b myriad of locusts c cataclysm of locusts or d pillar of locusts i'm going to say a cloud final answer ding 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 you're correct nice cloud i can see that it looks kind of like a cloud yeah i was hoping uh just to kind of muddy the water there but the most popular one course is uh, a plague of locusts uh, which I, yes. I, I knew you knew so i couldn't put that in um also could not find for the life of me the meaning of uh schistocera gregaria I, I mean gregaria speaks for itself but schistocerica serica means near in spanish so i don't know all i could find for it was that it was a genus of grasshoppers hmm. so Let me talk about what this thing looks like. And we'll talk more about what it looks like in the major fact. But for now, uh, picture a grasshopper because that's what this is. I didn't know this. I didn't know that locusts were actually just like a a variant of grasshoppers. I thought they were a completely different kind of uh, insect. Um, But no, they they have long bodies with uh, even longer clear kind of dragonfly-esque wings uh, that are rounded at the edges. They have six legs, like all insects do, uh, but their back legs are uh, super long and uh, are inverted. So they it arcs straight up and then down in an isosceles triangle, no, equilateral triangle kind of uh, shape. And uh, they do a lot with these legs. And I'm sure you'll talk about that. I don't want to step on your toes too much. Um, they have, I'd say, pretty big heads for an insect with giant bug eyes and uh, very sharp mandibles for ripping and tearing plants. They are either green or yellow and black, uh, depending on some specific criteria. Uh, but for the most part, they are green and uh, through and through so they basically look like regular grasshoppers for most of the time they can be brown depending on the food they eat or the food that surrounds or the environment around them rather so if they're in a brown area they might be brown that makes sense they're like flamingos 
I don't have much on their legs except for that they hop. Oh, really? Well, well. In that case, I'll save my leg fact for um, the the appropriate time. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, their their legs are very sensitive, and they have uh, sharp spines running along the backs of their legs for uh, uh, clinging onto things. And they also have two long antennae that stick up from the the middle middle of their heads. And then uh, some protective, a uh, protective carapace around their thorax, right? Yes, the thorax is in the middle part. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 a big grasshopper. And here in Jacksonville, we have some big grasshoppers. Oh, Use really? the ones in South Florida that get to be about uh, I don't know, half an inch, and they're cute. And I used to catch them when I was in Boy Scouts. But these are like three to four inches long. They're huge, and they they're and they're dumb, and they can't see very well. So they'll they they can like run into you. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, who threw a rock at me? And it was it's a grasshopper. <laughs> and they also scare uh, the bananas out of my dogs, and it's hilarious. <laughs> so um, speaking of size. How big are these notorious grasshoppers? Speaking of size, indeed. Okay, that brings us to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also the part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We do have a new Measure Up intro nice. this week from our friend Natalie. She has a cool podcast called Across the Ages in which she talks about a specific topic and its history. Her first episode was about shoes. Oh, and it's interesting. very good. She's on episode three now. I'm going to have to check that out. And it's uh, around 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, just like ours. So it's a bite-sized piece of a chunk of history about stuff that you take for granted. It's very good. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. It's time for Measure Up. Very boisterous, very British. So I asked her if I should give you a bonus point if you can guess where she is from. Oh, I'm going to have to listen to that a couple more times. You yeah, you could listen to the the podcast. That's true. <laughs> if I listen to the podcast, I'd probably have a better idea instead of just the four words. As she just said, five words. I, I'll give you a hint. It's in the UK. Oh, wow. So I have one of three. <laughs> it's, it, I have a 33% chance of guessing. Do you think so? Oh, well, I guess not. Okay, if you so include like, Wales. There are um, like many yes, regional accents. More regional accents in the UK than there are in English around the world. So are you saying like if it's either England, Wales, Scotland, or Northern Ireland? No, I'm gonna guess. England. I was saying like, what's the? <laughs> that's correct, uh, but <clears throat> specifically, she has a Midlands accent. That's what she said. There was um, there was a, a, exactly a zero percent chance of me ever guessing that. She was. She said, <laughs> "I said, should I uh, ask him where specifically you're from?" She said, "Sure, that would be funny." Non non British struggle with anything other than generic British. 
I was like, haha, yeah, uh, where is your accent from? <laughs> You're like, haha, yeah, uh, but I need the answer, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I can tell a Manchester accent. I can sometimes pick out a Welsh accent, um, but I'm not really that great at figuring it out. I'm very bad at d- telling the difference between us, like uh, high Australian and, and New Zealand. So it's I'm not that great at picking out accents. <laughs> but thank you, Natalie. That was a solid measure of intro. Yeah, thank you. The only reason I know a Manchester accent is because of uh, Daphne from Frasier. <laughs> it is pouring. I don't know if you can hear that, but if you can hear a whooshing in the background, that's that's the rain. It is about to pour here, so it'll just be whooshing all around. It's not locusts. Okay, let's get into length. They're about 0.5 to 3 inches. Let's go with the upper end of average, so 3 inches or 7.6 centimeters. So how many locusts go into the tallest sand dunes in the world? I wonder where that would be. The Sahara? Well, here's a hint. The largest sand dune is Duna Federico Kirbus in Argentina. Oh, that's what I thought. Dark Horse. Oh, I, th- I was thinking it was in... Um, is it the Atacama Desert? That can't be right. Atacama is desert in Spanish. The whatever the desert that was I was thinking of was on the other side of the Andes. And I've been there. Um I guess like I I think of like the Sahara when I think of like the dunes in um I associate the dunes of like Tatooine and stuff like when they're walking in the desert with like the Sahara, but it's actually in Death Valley usually. No, there where... I think they filmed that the a new hope in both i think morocco and death valley so some of okay. some of it was in death valley but i think the the dune scene i don't th- i don't think there's any like uh dunes huge dune. dunes as far as the eye can see in death valley or in the states for that matter now that's interesting that's attention to detail your planet has two different kinds of desert <laughs> in it so does ours believe it or not yeah, that's true. In the Star in the hey. Star Wars world, your your um your planet can only have one ecosystem. You're either forest or ice or water or desert. And then on Naboo, you can be underwater or not underwater. It's the choices are endless. Um, so I'm gonna assume that these dunes are 400 feet tall. It's like a big foothill. Um, and then. You see these three inches? Three inches. Seven seven and a half centimeters. Uh, 1,600 then. 1,600 uh, locusts go into... You said the tallest in the world? 400 is probably way too small. I'll double it. And so I'll say that there are 3,200 locusts. Final answer? Yep, yep. I'm probably way off. 800 feet seems really small too, but whatever. Let's go with it. Are you sure? Well, uh, the correct answer was 16,000 locusts, 16,184. The dune is 4,035 feet or 1,230 meters. That is a veritable mountain. It is. Uh, it's actually only like um, 100, 100 meters. or It's just barely um, smaller than ben, ne- ben Nevis in Scotland, which is the largest mountain in the U.K., I would not have assumed that. I just don't see dunes getting that tall, but... 
Let's talk weight before I am washed away. <laughs> I uh, can't hear the rain, um, but I could hear the thunder. So, Let's talk weight. They're about two grams or 0.07 ounces. How many grains of rice would a locust have to eat to eat its weight in rice? Very ominous rice. <laughs> how how heavy did you say they were? I couldn't find their uh, weight. Two grams, uh, 0.07 ounces. 0.07 ounces. They can actually eat their weight in food. In a single single sitting. Sitting. In a single hopping. Uh, here's a hint. Rice is a major crop all over the world, including East Africa. Are we talking long rice? Long grain? Short grain? Brown? Yellow? White? I'm not sure. Kind of rice. A type of rice, I'm sure. I guess rice is just a grain, you know? Does it have uh, it a name many carved types into it? Of it. The, uh, the book of Genesis written the on book, The entire book of Genesis written on this grain of rice. I don't know. A hundred? I, this is really a shot in the dark. I, with especially with the tiny weights, I have no idea. Yeah, I'll say a hundred. A hundred uh, grains of rice go into the weight of this uh, of one locust. Okay, the correct answer is sixty-nine grains. Ooh, oh, that was not as far off as I thought it was going to be. A grain of rice is about zero point zero two nine grams. Okay, I'm glad I didn't go with. Um, a grain of rice being one gram. That's all I got for measure up. You got any fast facts before we get into the major fact, which is a doozy? Yes, I do. So, what you might be wondering what these guys eat. Uh, well, they'll eat anything green. Everything from grass to trees to crops to Shrek to Ireland. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is safe. They come, they eat, they leave. That was a... That was a you said to, to Shrek? Maybe. <laughs> well, it's it's been, it's worth noting that if you're if you're ever like swarmed by a locust, they're probably not going to bite you intentionally. Yeah, and if they do, they might nibble and not break the skin. That sounds like a pleasant experience. <laughs> I I would probably enjoy it. <laughs> it's like Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch. They're nuzzling my me with their noses. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they have uh, three major stages in their life cycle. They're an egg, a nymph, or a hopper, uh, and an adult. Uh, So once they hatch, a hopper can take anywhere from two weeks to six months to mature into a flying adult. Uh, And the reason for that variation is based on weather and the availability of food. So if food is scarce and the weather is bad, then it'll take the full six months. But if everything is yeah. going great, then it'll take two weeks. If you ever get in a fight with a friend, like, do do grasshoppers have wings? Uh, yes, they do, and no, they don't. Because nymphs look exactly like regular grasshoppers, but they don't have wings. Yeah, it's like, do ants have wings? Some of them do, some of them don't. I mean, if you think about it, it's like they're, they can, their uh, maturity will take 12 times longer if there is less food. Or 12 times faster if there is lots of food. So, you know, if you're, you can go from being a kid to a, a, a kid to a squid, 40 year old squid. 
um, <laughs> in 12 times the amount of 12, 12 times faster 12 times um, and so m- what happens is males male hoppers tend to mature earlier and then they start once they do they start giving off a chemical smell that uh, makes the females mature and that just gets everybody hot and bothered and then we get more locusts but that's all I got because anything else would be uh, encroaching on major fact territory. Okay, so jump in anywhere you have facts that you couldn't say. My leg facts. Uh, yeah. My juicy, juicy leg facts. So, the major fact. A plague of locusts. Locust swarms uh, and that behavior has been observed for thousands of years. In the Bible, it's associated with God's wrath, and in the book of Joel, a locust swarm is compared to an invading army in the totality of its destructive power. In fact, Joel says, At the same, at the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. They charge like warriors, they scale walls like soldiers, they march in line, not swerving from their course. Yeah, even... Um, D- even uh John in Revelation says that he sees locusts with the faces of men shooting fire from their mouths, which of course means helicopters. So <laughs> take put put t- because, take that little tidbit and put that into your eschatology. Because a hor- uh, because a ho- helicopter has the face of a man it, in there somewhere behind the glass. <laughs> uh, desert locusts are a species of grasshopper, like you said. Most of the time, they act like any grasshopper would. They hop around, eat leaves, and look for a mate. Um, for the most part, they don't spend too much time together and, and prefer the solitary lifestyle. They only come together to procreate. This is called their solitary phase. But something strange happens when the weather changes. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, this is so... I'm so glad there's a monsoon outside. <laughs> it's very appropriate. Uh during a period of drought, vegetation is choked out and food becomes scarce. When that drought is interrupted by excessive rains, something changes in the locust. The sudden increase in water creates a breeding boom. Um, locusts like to lay their eggs in soft, damp soil or damp uh, like leaf uh, litter. Um, Ominous litter. The, su- <laughs> the sudden, uh, the the new greenery uh, becomes the object of intense comp- competition among grasshoppers. They enter what's called their gregarious phase. Okay, here's where I get to enter- interject because okay. the method of entering into this gregarious phase. So, like you said, the um, uh, the the rain will come, vegetation will sprout, and then the, all the locusts in the area will come to this vegetation to feed. And will compete for it, and they'll they'll rub elbows, literally, um, and the actual bumping up of their hind legs together will stimulate um, a metabolic change that transforms them from the solitary to the gregarious phase. Yeah. So the cha- the change isn't just behavioral. They do change behaviorally. In fact, their brains grow uh, from one phase to the next. But they also look different. Like you said, they're green or a solid brown. Um, But depending on on their surroundings, 
But then uh, th- when they enter their gregarious phase, instead of um, blending in with their surroundings, they change to a bold black and yellow coloration. And maybe this is, a, is an ad- adaptation from camouflage to pattern disruption as they clump together in groups. So they go from like, I'm going to blend into this tree to I need to like be like a zebra and disrupt our patterns as we swarm together. It's like a mega um, evolution. Yeah. Like a temporary, uh, uh, this isn't even my final form. In the solitary phase, um, winged adults tend to fly at night to avoid predation. The winged adults fly in the broad daylight in the gregarious phase. So the change also makes them ravenous. The millions of new grasshoppers all want to eat their fill. So each individual wants to eat as much as they can, uh, as much as they can sink their mouth parts into. So with the new bold colors, they adapt bold attitudes, swarming in droves during daylight hours, um, in swarms large enough that they can blot out the sun, literally. Um, Swarms travel with the wind at the same speed as the wind. So instead of flying off in different directions to spread out their destruction, they're concentrated onto farms and fields downwind. Nymphs, which look like the adults but have no wings, like we mentioned, can march in huge swarms about seven kilometers each day. Uh, As adults, though, they can travel 150 kilometers in a day. Uh, and sw- a swarm can have as many as 150 million locusts per square kilometer. And a single uh, kilometer, a square kilometer, there are enough locusts to circumnavigate the moon. How, how many square kilometers are? That's a good question. E- each square kilometer can uh, eat the same amount of food as 35,000 people. A swarm can be as large as 460 square kilometers, or 1,191 square kilometers, or 460 square miles. So that's... Did you do the calculation? Of how many millions? No. 150 million times... 460. uh, No, 1,191 square kilometers. Oh. 460 square miles. Oh, it's 460 square miles. Okay. All right, it's 178 billion. Yeah, that's a huge group of... So, like, if each one of these square kilometers is eating 35,000 people's worth of food, it's millions of people's worth of food, right? In a, in a large swarm? Yeah, it's 40, 41 and a half million people's... Uh, it's the amount of food that 41 and a half million people can eat. So... That's a devastating food loss for an area that's affected by these swarms. So there's currently a locust crisis happening in East Africa that's devastating crops in Somalia, Kenya, Ethiopia, Yemen, and Sudan. So the origins are thought to be an abnormal amount of tropical cyclones that dumped rain onto the Rubal Kali Desert. Um, which is on the Arabian Peninsula. So that started in 2018. Uh, sand dunes separate thousands of lakes for the first time in 20 years. So whenever you see like rain dumped on a duny desert, it's like thousands of little lakes form. Um, 
So the the cyclones created extreme flooding all over Arabia, the Arabian Peninsula and in East Africa. Um, the the unusual desert weather triggered the locust population boom and then a gregarious phase. That there were two really big cyclones in 2018, and then for the next year, 2019, there was a, a bunch of cyclones that were uncharacteristically dumping water in these desert and dry regions. Mm-hmm. And dry dry regions often don't handle flooding well, so there was devastating flooding happening in East Africa and in the Arabian Peninsula. So, in 2020, massive swarms threatened food production in regions that were already struggling with food shortages. And then COVID-19 has hampered attempts to get ahead of the hoppers, making 2020 seem like an actual biblical plagues were happening. In places that experienced the storms, flooding, locusts, and then also a pandemic. So, not a good time in those regions. I mean, I'm looking at pictures of this, and it is nuts. I can't imagine being in the midst of all of these locusts. Well, and then also food shortages destabilize, you know, different areas, leading to unrest and violence. Um So researchers have found ways to curb the locust swarms by tapping into their own chemical communications. So uh, they they there is some fighting this with traditional uh, pesticides, but it's hard to squash a um, billion strong swarm that can travel that far in a day. So they have identified a single chemical that turns solitary locusts into gregarious ones and attract them to together. So usually chemical communications among insects may, are more complicated. And we've talked a little bit about that with different... I think we talked a, bit, a little bit about chemical, chemical communication and the thorn bugs. Yeah. But uh, they, they think it's one chemical that kind of triggers this. So that may, that may allow them to set traps that are baited with this chemical. Um. There may also be a way to chemically confuse the locusts in their nymph stage in order to break up swarms. But it needs to be done before they take flight. And the best way to do that is to find egg clusters before they hatch, uh, which are laid in soft soils. So, like, in places that have been fighting this for, like, three years, they're getting pretty good at locating these egg clusters. But as it spreads to new areas, they, they're, like, trying to catch up to, to deal with these things. Um, and they actually, I read that they were using the CRISPR gene to manipulate uh, locust DNA to like stop the gregarious phase. Interesting. Yeah, they um, looks like they've isolated the pheromone that um, allows uh, hoppers to identify each other as hoppers. Um, and so... And for adults to identify each other as adults. So if they introduce the adult pheromone to the hoppers, the nymphs, then they get confused. They don't know who's what. And then the the swarm will just dissipate. It's like a Tower of Babel. They'll just kind of go their separate ways and go from gregarious back to solitary. Yeah. Currently... There's a second generation of, of swarming locusts that hatched and they're forming small, immature swarms in Somalia, Kenya, and Ethiopia. 
and then small swarms of adults are forming in Sudan, and then hopper, like wingless hopper bands, have been seen in Saudi Arabia and along the Red Sea. So it's crazy. This is like a huge catastrophic event that's happening in these areas, and it's kind of being overshadowed by COVID-19. But they're also experiencing COVID-19. So it's it's not it's a mess but that they're crazy. doing some pretty interesting things to deal with it my um my father-in-law is a dairy consultant in the middle east so i wonder if he's he's coming over in a few days i'll have to ask him if he's encountered these locusts because they do say that like it's it's a big problem that they uh go after fodder so it it even hurts cattle raising yeah unless you can put them into like a, an enclosed space but I'm sure these little guys can worm their way into wherever they need to go. Yeah, they they crawl, they they ascend the walls, like Joel says. And there's a there's a picture on Wikipedia of a of a uh, a hopper band. So these are the guys that they can't fly. They're in the nymph stage, and it's just like a coating of grass that's moving. That's moving. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, I don't like grasshoppers. Aren't really that gross, but just that many bugs in one place i bet there's i bet there's places that have gone the way of john the baptist in that they have to eat them yeah eat no the they're actually like they, they are eaten for sure yeah. um high in protein so it's like oh they ate all of the food i guess we'll just eat them oh they they also said that when they break them up they use that chemical to like kind of break them up break up the swarms they're more vulnerable to predation so birds are more likely to come in and start eating them when they're not like clumped together and swarming. Yeah, I would be much less likely advantage of that. to try to eat a locust as a bird if they were all together like that. Well, it, it um I don't think they would actually do very much to the bird, but still uh I think it also has to do with it's hard to catch them when they're swarming because of uh maybe not when when they're flying, maybe not when they're on the ground, but like because of that pattern disruption, it's hard to isolate a single one. Yeah, you just you go in like a whale shark with your mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, oh. um, so when they are in their solitary state doing whatever solitary locusts do, it's called a recession. Oh, and uh, that's appropriate. When and then when they get going, it's called an outbreak, and. Uh, when it's when it's at this level with billions and billions, uh, it's called a plague. So it's appropriate naming conventions. Yes. So the only time a recession is a good thing is when it's about locusts. I try to find like I mean I'm sure there are I would try to find like ways that you could like help, but I didn't immediately find anything. I'm sure that I didn't look hard enough, but uh, learn about it. Look up some. Click on some of the links in the on ldtaxonomy.com slash uh, desert Loc- dash locust probably. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, get more info. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's really funny because like I had read Joel um, a couple months ago and he says stuff like they blot out the moon and stars. Uh, they march shoulder to shoulder. And then when I was doing research... Uh, I'm like reading stuff like they their their swarms are so thick that they actually travel like touching one another. 
and they they travel like in unison like that and also that they can literally blot out the sun i'm like wow this is a pretty apt description apocalyptic yeah that's all i got we're rooting for those scientists that are using really cool crispr stuff yeah that's a very interesting technology gene gene hacking it was just like the 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 vaccine it's like what people what people can do when they're when they have to you know well they've had crispr like, for a long time crispr technology oh no 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 yeah but like when you're like what do we do about these locusts that like are unstoppable like we gotta hack their dna <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's crazy one guy's like we need a really big net and the other guy's like we need to hack their dna <laughs> <laughs> And they're, they're like, okay, we're we're gonna do the DNA thing, but the net's a close second. We'll fall back on that if the DNA thing doesn't work. <laughs> Someone needs to start weaving some real tight uh, uh, threads there. <laughs> that was the desert locust. For you out there in podcastia, get together in large groups. If you're, you know, if your family and stuff, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not <laughs> change your. <laughs> I just realized not a t- not I a good time. I realized that was not the best advice. Um, get together. We'll say that with your family. Maybe virtually. Change maybe. your colors and feast your heart out like the desert locust here at Life, Death, and Taxonomy. <laughs>